Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals, Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening to the Best of the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday from 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time. That's 12 to 3 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. This is the Best of the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. America, Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Man, hope you're well, getting ready for a weekend in which we have sports. Yes, sir. Sports back. Watched last night in L.A. You could watch the Doyers and the Lakers same time. What was that like? Oh, my goodness. This is amazing. No, it's not. It's actually life getting back to whatever the new normal is. And, you know, that's what it was. It's the new normal. The new normal. And um, I just think that, huh, I just think it's really interesting to me how I was watching the Dodger game last night. And I was, and I say the Dodgers, they played the Giants. Kike Hernandez, is it that much to ask Kike to spell his name differently than the way in which he spells it? Just just saying, right? 
Like in this, I know it's there's no intent to offend, but in this, let's let's not even name give the nickname to the Washington football team because we can't figure it out without offending somebody. Is it that hard to go like, hey, Kike, you could just spell it K-E-E-K-A-Y. Same thing, right? Just phonetically? Anyway, watching baseball last night, and I was like, it feels like baseball. It looks like baseball. It is baseball. And I don't think we missed him. Right? But I think it's good to be back. I don't think we missed the fans. So we're now a month in, almost a month into quarantine with the NBA, and they've had no positive tests, and they have preseason games, and they seem to be functioning in their new normal. We have Major League Baseball games being played, and they're functioning in their new normal. And we'll learn within the next week how college football intends to come back. The NFL is trying to work out the financial details of them coming back. And as we scale down the cost because the revenue is going to be far less without fans, we do realize that sports at least can distract for this period of time. It can happen. I, I it's, it's interesting. It's like um, we talk about essential businesses all the time, right? And for, for, a, for a good portion of time in Southern California, only essential businesses were open. Well, what's an essential business? What's truly essential? Sports may not be a prime, primarily essential business, but it's pretty damn essential. It's essential in terms of the number of people it actually takes to make it happen and the balance it brings to life. And, oh, yeah, by the way, think of all the other things that it does. It also helps, you know, pay our bills, not just sports radio, but with TV jobs as well. You have all the sponsorships that that it brings to the table. You also bring in sports gambling, which may be bad for a lot of people who are out of work, but it does generate a ton of money and now tax revenue in states where betting has become legal. Sports is a lot more essential than you think it is, and fans are a lot less essential than we think we are. Like, you think of yourselves as part of the game, and turns out you're really not. Just like the factory guy that can be replaced by, by a computer, you too can be replaced by a noise machine and a placard. Is it the same? No, it lacks the human touch, the human feeling. But is it, does it make it completely, uh, does it change the sport so much that it's completely unwatchable? No, it doesn't. It was a good watch. I watched last night. And I'll watch again tonight. And we've gotten back to the place where sports is on at least, you know, Major League Baseball is on as at least background noise in your home. John Ramos, who's our biggest Dodger fan, assumed you watched last night. I did. Expecting the Dodgers, the boys in blue, to go 60-0? Well, 59 left. 59 left. They're, on, they're well on their way. If they play the Giants every game, they yeah, will. <laughs> yeah. Remember when the Giants were, they, they were the NLS? Like, they were the iconic franchise in the NLS? I don't know. Now you got, you know, like, for the Padres, there's all kinds of jokes on Twitter. You know, Dr. Fauci flattening the curve. With his with his first pitch, ay yeah yay, ay yeah yay. There's a 
Did I mean brilliant scientist, but there's some bad parenting there, right? If you can't throw a pitch, if you can't use a grill, if you can't change a tire, if you can't change the oil, um, you don't know how to catch a fish. What else are the things? You need to you know how to throw a baseball, throw and catch a football, shoot a basketball without looking like these are all things I don't blame Dr. Fauci. I blame his father. These are these are parenting mis, uh, parenting flaws. That's what it is. So I don't know. I I felt as normal as you could be with what's what what happened last night. Is it is it the exact same thing? No. It's not. It's not the pomp, the circumstance. The seventh inning stretch where you you pan the crowd and you got some little kid or a foul ball and somebody chases after it, a home run ball. But let's be honest, the game itself was still cool, still good to watch, still interesting, and still a little bit slow and boring because it's baseball. And oh yeah, by the way, there's new rules in terms of how long you have to leave some of these backup pitchers in these these relievers in. So we we told you for a long time it could be done. It has been done. It will be done. And we're officially back. The Dodgers on their way to being undefeated. And the Giants on their way to another long uphill climb of a season. Um, okay, so now that leads us to what about football? If you've been listening, we got some breaking news in regards to the NFL, what it's going to look like. Will they get the financial deals uh, done before they, you know, before camp starts on time. What will the season look like? All of those things. But there's a story out about the importance of college football to one network. How Rome could officially fall if college football doesn't happen. I'll explain that upcoming next, but first. Hey, Doug Gottlieb, and with all that's been happening lately, there was a good portion of time where I felt like I hadn't been driving. You know, just go to the grocery store, and, you know, we come in here to work and and go home. Well, I don't know if you know this, but I took the last two days off, and I've driven to San Diego, to Calabasas, obviously in Southern California, all over, hour, two-hour drives, windows down, sunroof open, in my brand-new Mazda CUV. Now, you got to try the first-ever CX-30, available iActive all-wheel drive with off-road traction and intuitively responds to the way you like to drive. That's why I was drawn to the exterior, but, of course, the interior is incredible. It's got this minimalist approach, so everything is right where it should be. I just get to focus on the road ahead. I can, I can answer my phone without my hands leaving the wheel. I can change the radio with just a knob, all while looking ahead. Car smooth, made well, and we've been cruising around throwing some miles on this bad boy. It's been a lot of fun. Mazda has more IIHS Top Safety Pick Plus models than any other brand as of July 2020. That's this July. Go to MazdaUSA.com. Learn more about the entire Mazda CUV lineup and available finance options. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. 
In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, 
the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I sent this story to a couple friends. I thought it was fascinating. And look, if, if you think it's fascinating, great. If you don't, all right, well, that's, that's too, too bad. It sucks to be you, right? Um, okay, so industries are, are tied together. And I would say that the NFL, which by the time Roger Goodell leaves his post, it'll be on every network and on ESPN, maybe on TNT, maybe on Turner as well. I thought that's the, the genius to Goodell is he's been able to spread out instead of instead of giving exclusivity to Fox or to CBS or to NBC or to ESPN because his product continues to draw such great ratings. He's been able to get more and more money for more and more networks. And the thought is that ESPN, in an effort to keep the Monday Night Football package, will move more will move it back to ABC. So they'll still have. ESPN games, we got Thursday night Fox and NFL Network games, right? So you got Fox, NFL Network, ESPN, ABC, CBS, Big Fox, NBC. That's like seven networks all carrying the NFL. That Nobody has that. Nobody has that. So the NFL almost has to play because if not, that is a gigantic, not just financial hole to dig out of for the league, but for all those networks, because their 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 advertising is sold based upon having NFL games, and it's not just the actual games; it's the shoulder programming, right? CBS, you come off the big AFC game into sixty minutes. Sixty minutes would not draw nearly as well if there was no NFL game leading into it. Even though there's a Sunday night game, many people just they get drawn in by one promo, one story coming up, the sound. And you're like, okay, I'll stay, and then maybe change over to the to the Sunday night game at some point in time. Except in the West Coast. We get it all, by the way. So I saw this story and I just found it to be fast. So college football, we're getting closer and closer to decision making time. Right now, many of the conferences have announced, the big conferences announced <clears throat> they're going conference only play. I read this story in Sportico. Sportico's a, a website that really tracks um, we use it mostly for contracts. You can, I don't know how they do it. They get the details to like every contract in American professional sports. Sportico writes, no company has more money tied to the fate of the upcoming college football season than the Walt Disney company, the dominant corporate force in college football. Disney's ESPN co-owns two conference networks has broadcast deals with nearly all the college football's top division and televises every major bowl. It also owns literally a chunk of the smaller postseason games and controls commercial rights to sponsors and naming rights to the biggest. Last year's ESPN family of networks devised, uh, televised 282 games and sold $792.5 million in ads, according to Standard Media Index. To put that in perspective, ESPN's NFL package only generated 31.8 
$314.8 million. The numbers don't include the college games televised by ESPN's ACC Network, SEC Network, nor the plethora of other matchups streamed on ESPN Plus, the digital service which costs $5 a month and is popular among college football fans. I think it's crazy. It's not just the $502 million that they're in it for. ABC, which is also owned, obviously, by Disney, is $258 million. So I think here this is interesting. Dave Dan Cohen says ESPN business and college sports, primarily college football, is actually an ecosystem. And their business is organic as opposed to inorganic. Buying rights to Major League Baseball, then selling ads and securing affiliate deals off the content is inorganic. It's a transactional piece of business. When you own the bowl games, when you own the networks that become the business unit of itself. Here's the downside to it. They're so all in if it doesn't happen. Remember, Disney's parks haven't been open for months either. Disney also has a cruise line. Anybody going on a cruise time a cruise anytime soon? We're talking the Walt Disney Company. Now, the good part is that Disney Plus, because everybody's been stuck at home and you want to get your Star Wars fix in or your um, uh, your uh, what's the uh, what's the not superheroes, what's the Marvel? You want to get your Marvel comics movies, right? You got to go Disney Plus and then you can watch them. And that's what a lot of us have been doing. You sign up for Disney Plus when you didn't think you would because it didn't have the content previously. But now your kids are stuck at home and they may be stuck at home for another year. And you better have that Disney. Plus. that's the good side. The bad side is Disney Parks. No one's been in for months and now they can be open. They can only have like 30 percent capacity and we'll see how long that lasts. Disney Cruises essentially shot. ESPN hasn't had games, and if they don't have college football games, now this is the ecosystem of college football because as much as they take in, they also pay out to those conferences, and those conferences use that money for all of their sports. Like, this thing all works together. If you don't have college football, not only does college football and the college system possibly collapse, but so too does the Walt Disney Company. Think about that. Think, think about that for a second. The Walt Disney Company. If you don't have college football, if you try and do this college football in the spring, you're talking about imminent collapse. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. Jamal Adams wants to be traded. This is not breaking news. Jamal Adams is a tremendous player. Also not breaking news. But Jamal Adams is is, uh, well, he's doing that thing that guys do, which at the time they think is helping them and is really hurting them, right? Really, really hurting them. Um, look, he's a hell of a player. But going public and destroying your head coach while being under contract for at least the next two years and up to the next five years where you're not even a free agent. It's, it's the ultimate stalemate. Ultimate stalemate. You're in a pandemic. You got a GM that didn't draft you, a coach that didn't draft you. And you're calling out the coach's leadership and coaching style, meanwhile asking to be traded because you want 
to change the market in terms of the contract that you will get. Right? If, if the desire is to cha- trade change teams, well, that, that you listen, you're allowed to do that. If you think, hey, the best way to get paid, or I don't like playing for this guy, I get it. It happens. We've all had a boss. They're like, this is not my, not my type of dude. Okay? Or you've worked for a company where you think, you know, they're just perpetually cheap and I'm never going to get what I feel like I rightfully deserve. However, when you start calling out the coaching, even if what you're saying is true, th- this is what people are missing. Jets fans don't like Adam Gase. He said that Adam Gase never says anything in front of the full team, just not a leader, not the right leader for, for the franchise. Right? So a portion of me says, like, if you're the Jets, you go to Jamal and say, okay, well, what if we change coaches? Would you stay then? No, because that's not what this is about. This is simply about money. And in your desire to get paid, the more, the more saber-rattling there is, the more of a peeing contest this becomes, the more you start to realize, hold on a second now, dude. The only way we're going to trade you is if we get a high-level first-round pick and something else likely in return, not just the cat. Why would we give away one of the top safeties in football when we got you under contract for one more year at almost nothing, two more years at a reasonable sum, and up to four years at top of the market? Why would we do that? We're not just going to give you away. But the more you say, the more it hurts your trade value, but it doesn't hurt the trade value in the in the eyes of the, the Jets because they probably sat down and said, look, we're not doing it unless we get a first and a third for this guy. And to this point, no one's ever never come to that place. So I I think it's it's fascinating. You know, sure, plenty of teams are asking about the asking price. What does it cost? But the asking price is not going to go down even if his value goes down because they think he won't play for the Jets. He's going to play for the Jets. This is the big misconception that people have. Jamal Adams is not a free agent. He is not. He's not going to be a free agent anytime soon. If the Jets want to sit there and stick it to Jamal Adams, they absolutely can't. And here's the other lie that you're going to be told. You're going to be told, well, you know, He's only set to make $825,000 in base salary. Okay? The rookie contract that he signed was a four-year guaranteed deal. Within those four, within those four-year guaranteed deal, he got $14.79 million up front. That's what he got in the very first year. Now, the second year... Hey, the second year, he didn't make nearly as much cash. Uh, but he got a $3.582 million signing bonus. And then he made about $555,000, all in 1.47. Last year, 2.4. This year, 3.5. Next year's the, the, the fifth year option at his position goes up to $9.8 million. Then he would be a. Uh, technically an unrestricted free agent, but they could franchise tag him for up to two more years and then transition tag him after that. Jamal Adams isn't going anywhere. He's dealing from no leverage. And instead of trying to establish leverage, he's killing it by killing the very coaching staff who he'd have to play for or would have to trade him. 
See, because what it does to the rest of the league is they say, well, you know, how much value does he really have? He doesn't want to play for the Jets anymore. But the Jets are still sitting there going like, who cares? He's one of the top safeties in football. The asking price for him heading into his second contract should be a first and something else. The Jets are are going to rightfully believe his value is still the same, whereas the rest of the league is going to take his value down a notch and maybe even two. And I'm not saying it's because he calls out calls out uh, uh, his head coach. It's because the appearance means it makes it really sticky for him to play for said head coach. That's what it does. But I, I always find these things interesting where you'll get people who just lie about NFL players. They'll say their contracts aren't guaranteed. Yes, they are. First-round draft picks contracts are 100% guaranteed, and most of it is paid up front. Most of it. Like his his contract was twenty four years, $22 million. He made 14.7 when he first signed the contract. He made over half his money the second he signed that contract. And then that doesn't take into account next year's fifth year option, which is $10 million. So it's front and back loaded. He's in the middle. So it makes him look like he makes pennies on the dollar when the truth is, That's just based upon how the contract's actually built. That's what that is. 877-99 on Fox is the phone number. Great uh, second hour of the show we have for you. Absolutely phenomenal. John Middlecoff will join us upcoming. Get his thoughts on Jamal Adams. But if I'm the Jets, I sit there and I I put my price down. This is what I think he's worth. You know, if if you like real estate, you guys like you guys like the site Zillow? Zillow has the make me move. You know, you can list your house. You just go, hey, make me move. Oh, you like my house? Cool. Pay me 200 above what everyone else in the neighborhood is getting for their house per square foot, and I'll give it to you. That's the make me move price. That's what the jet should be. We got a guy under contract. If you want him, you're going to have to overpay based upon this offer. If you can't do it, you move on. That guy, in order to get paid, has to keep showing up. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, 
Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleha Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. John Middlecoff will join us in a second. You know, here's the thing. Uh, I, I've done a lot of these shows here. I remember doing the show when, um, when Drew Brees, uh, said, I will never agree with somebody who disrespects the flag. And I remember walking out to, there's like a soundstage basically where Colin does his show and I was hosting the show thinking to myself, God, these shows are no fun. 
Because there's nothing you can really say. Because, look, uh, who's the who's the, the cat from the, is it the Orioles who didn't kneel before the flag, kneel for the flag last night? It was the Giants. Giants. And, and I think it's a great point that that's being made, which is by, by some people, which is like, hey, to the people who kneel, and it's your right to kneel, if you want people to believe it's your right to kneel, you know what else you have the right to do? You have the right to stand at attention before the flag as well. That's how this country works. That's how the exercise works. Figure it out, okay? No one is saying, or at least I'm not saying, that you're not allowed to protest peacefully, especially when the national anthem is being played. I wouldn't do it. I do think it's disrespectful for the, before the flag. It's intentionally disrespectful. Also, please stop being dishonest about, it's not about the flag. It's not about, yes, it is. It is. It's about what the flag represents to you. And if to you it represents oppression or police brutality, like, okay, and you believe that kneeling before it is your personal protest, you are allowed to. You're also allowed to burn the flag. That is that is protected right. But you're also allowed to respect the flag and to stand at, at, at attention before the flag. That's what you're supposed to do. And I think different situation calls for different things. You know, like if it was the Olympics this summer, I don't believe you kneel before the flag if you're at the Olympics. You're representing the country. You stand at attention when the national anthem is played. It's different than when you're in the country. That's a different discussion. We'll get to that next summer if, if next summer's sports actually happen. We don't know. But I was, I was doing the radio show when Drew Brees, and look, I disagree with the tone because Drew was doing that. I didn't want to hear it. This is what it means to me. I didn't think it was the worst thing in the world. I think he was saying what the flag meant to him, which is honest. But you would have thought people said you were saying things about somebody's mother, right? How people called him out. And I remember walking out saying, like, look, if we can take away the tone of what he's saying in that one, those couple of words when he said, I will never agree with, because that just, that sounds kind of closed off. When, when had he simply said, look, the, this is what the flag represents to me. Here's why I stand. I don't think anybody could have had, had found, found fault with it. And I had a couple of grandpas who fought and died. And okay, like that's what it represents to you. To some people, it represents something different. Um, but but we've, we've become the least fun country ever. And America is a lot of things. America is fun. We're fun. We're fun. If it's got water, we found a way to put something in it that, you know, now everybody's doing that uh, water surfing. You guys seen this? Everybody's doing the water surfing where you catch the wake behind the boat and you don't, you no longer have the handle. Like, that's fun. I don't know if that was invented in America, but we're going to take that one and count, call it as our own. Jet skis, feel American. Big power boats, American. Surfing, American. Hawaiian, but American, whatever. We'll, we'll take it. Lot, America, there's a lot of fun things to this country that individually you can get other places. You can't get everything we do in another country. But the Washington, formerly known as Redskins football team, not picking a nickname, only, only shows what I've long said, which is that's actually hard to find a nickname. 
You don't want to be offensive. On the other hand, you don't want to be cartoonish. And you just don't have time on your side. And oh yeah, by the way, I think the thing that they're going to find is the biggest mistake is losing the Redskin moniker on the side of the helmet. That was anyone who, who wants to point out anything about the name being disrespectful. The Native American leader on the side of the Washington Redskins helmet looked like, looked like a proud warrior. That's what it looked like. So now they're not going to have a name for a football team. This is, this is the, the, if the police are run amok, we, I think we can all agree that so too are the, the, the PC police. Because you can find fault with almost every name. And instead of rushing it, the Redskins will just go with the Washington football team. Maybe they add a nickname. Maybe they don't. Let's just see what the polling says as the season gets underway. Let's get you to Isaac Lohenkron and find out what else is going on. Ike, what do you got? Doug, we're still awaiting the results of voting by NFL player reps to approve the owner's proposal of changes to the CBA. If the proposal does pass, it paves the way for training camps to begin full bore. The NFL Players Association Executive Committee voted unanimously to recommend the approval of the owner's proposal. Big news in college football. Michigan State's entire football team will quarantine for the next 14 days after one player and two staff members tested positive for the coronavirus. Now get this. About four hours before this news broke publicly, Michigan State's starting right tackle, Jordan Reed, tweeted, quote, Guys are testing positive across the country, left and right. Why is there still discussion on a season? Why is it taking so long to make a logical decision? Hmm, let me guess. Revenue. Unquote, with revenue in all caps. Yes, you idiot! God, I just... Oh! Look, look, Jordan Reed, college football fans, writers, okay? Yes, college football makes money. That money is used to pay for everything that you have, you idiot. Revenue is not a bad thing. It is a fact of life. We're not operating charities, okay? It's not what this is. College football is not a charity. Because if it was, you wouldn't have all that gear. You wouldn't have all the stadiums. You wouldn't have all those coaches. You wouldn't have all the, 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 the cryo chambers. Let me guess, revenue. Yeah, they want to play or they lose massive, massive amounts of money. This is what happens when you have a little bit of, you're intelligent and you have a little bit of knowledge. You know part of the story. Like, look, dude. Yeah, like, obviously you have no real world experience I don't know if people understand how perilously close we are to the college system, not just sports, the college system collapsing. And that would be catastrophic to the economy. Catastrophic. Like you have zero clue what you're talking about. You should do yourself a favor and not speak. Okay? Let the adults in the room that understand how things work. Okay, Michigan State is a school of uh, 40,000 people. Okay, 40,000 people. Okay, so in addition to the athletic department likely losing in the $100 million range if they don't have football, and they'll still lose a bunch of money if they have football and don't have fans, but it won't be as much money. So that would set all of Michigan State athletics back for years. If you don't have students on campus... It's not just their fees. 
it's not just the room, the room and board, which the school would lose out on. All of the fundraising functions would, would go away. That builds up, uh, that b- builds up the coffers, the, the town, all the hotel rooms, what, what, are, what, are, what are hotels, not just, you know, bed and breakfast, but all the big hotel chains, all the big restaurants and the local pubs, what do they do for revenue? Like you just didn't just stop talking. Revenue is not a bad thing. I'm not sitting here as the ultimate capitalist saying, throw kids out there. Look, if you test positive, you quarantine for two weeks and then you go back and you play football. This is not hard. And if you go home, you still would have the same or greater likelihood of getting sick. Only you don't have the medical care you have at home. So shut the hell up with the revenue, dude. You don't know what you're talking about. You know, but you don't actually know. A little bit of knowledge is actually a scary thing at times. Let's get to John Middlecoff. He joins us. God, these people drive me crazy. How are you? Doug, you're excited. I just, I don't, I, like, this is what happens with college football fan, college football writer, now college football player. You're like, man, they make a lot of money. Yes, they make money. Yes, all of these things cost money. You have to make money to pay for things. That's how the world works. We can't just keep cutting checks to people with no revenue coming in. I, I don't. Well, you, I don't know why it's such. It's it's like a boogeyman. You know, you bring up a good point about some of these cities, and, and on the West Coast, I think sometimes we forget because you know, like USC, UCLA, they're in major cities. But I worked at Fresno State, and Fresno State football is a major revenue driver for the town. Also, the Save Mart Center, where Fresno State plays basketball, in brings everyone from Taylor Swift to the Rolling Stones come through, which equal a lot of money. And then obviously, a lot of the big programs outside of the West Coast, are not in major cities. When I worked for the Eagles, I went to a Penn State practice in the middle of nowhere. All my friends that do the SEC, it's all these cities are not major cities, right? And I, I just think that people don't quite grasp, especially the, the media can be very anti-capitalism in business. And, and listen, the NCAA has their own issues, but I, I don't think people quite comprehend. And if you haven't understood it during the coronavirus, of when you shut down or when you don't do things go away and they do not come back. You know, it's, it, it becomes very complicated. And I think a lot of people just either don't want to get it or are incapable of quite understanding the ramifications of some of this stuff. Uh, we're watching major league baseball being played. We're watching uh, NBA basketball being played. I mean, logic is that the NFL can work this thing out as well. What are your guys in the league that you talk to? They think we're having a season. Yeah, had a buddy yesterday. He's like, I'm officially in NBA or NFL quarantine. Basically, he just gets tested every day, you know, just as a scout and coaches. And right now the players, you know, are doing that thing where they get tested and then they, at least the quarterbacks, the veterans don't officially report for a couple more days where they get tested and they stay away for a couple days. I, you know, in pro sports, I don't think people quite grasp this. Like in college sports, the head, like Coach K or Nick Saban, they impact and their words for the way you're going to run the business have a lot of influence. Andy Reid and Bill Belichick have no impact on the setup of these protocols. It's a league office thing. It's an owner thing. The coaches and GMs, I mean, they may have their opinions, but no one cares. It's all about money. And I I think they're just going to have to figure it out as they go. The the NBA has the bubble. I think baseball is a better example, right? Because these guys, like last night for the Dodger game, the Dodgers all go home. And then they come back. So there is going to have to be a lot of self-responsibility. And I was thinking about it today. 
like the older players in the league, like a J.J. Watt or Richard Sherman, especially guys with families, it's like, yeah, it won't be an issue. But think about that a lot of people in the NFL, a lot of guys are single players under 25 years old. You know, to have those guys focus, especially in some of these cities that are, are, clo- are open, uh, could be a little challenging. Uh, you know, just the just the number of people you have on an NFL team is double a baseball team, and baseball is double a basketball team. So it's just you're just dealing with a lot of a lot of younger people that have, you know, discretionary income, so they they can kind of do whatever they want. There's an expression I've heard in in media, which I think works for Jamal Adams some, which is, you can be right and you can be out of a job, right? Um, I don't think he'd be out of a job. But he may be right that Adam Gase isn't the right guy. He may be right that he's underpaid. He might be right that they don't, you know, love him or appreciate him because Joe Douglas didn't draft him or eat me. These things. But that doesn't mean that they're going to move him because, well, he's hurting his own value with many of his statements. And, oh, yeah, by the way, he's under contract for the the next couple of years because he's not a free agent, right? He's in his fourth year. Then he's got his fifth year option. Then potentially could be franchise tag for two or three years. Like they, there is no reason that they have to move Jamal Adams, even if everything he's saying is in fact correct. Well, and the, and the flip side is if you are the Jets and you're like on the fence, like you would move them. If you think about probably the three most famous kind of younger players holdout slash trade demands recently was Jalen Ramsey, Aaron Donald and Khalil Mack. Now, Aaron Donald was never available, but if he, they had said, like, yeah, we'll think about trading this guy, every team in the league would have been lined up. Gruden makes him available. Every team in the league is lined up offering multiple ones. Jalen Ramsey, maybe a little less because he had just, you know, it's not like a bad character guy, but he's kind of a pain. But he's so elite and he's a corner. Multiple teams were willing to trade a boatload of picks. Jamal Adams is a box safety. Good player. You know, very good against the run, good blitzer, but you get paid. Those two guys, the two defensive linemen, rush the passer. Jalen covers the wide receivers. This guy plays the run. You know, if I need a sweet safety, I need a guy, especially in the prime of his career, can he cover George Kittle and Travis Kelsey? Because that's like what they just drafted Isaiah Simmons to do in in Arizona. Like, that's the thought process behind it. That's not really Jamal's deal. So every team, if I am Joe Douglas, and I inherited this problem because I didn't draft this guy or hire the coach, I go, well, we did draft this guy sixth overall, and he's one of our better players. I'm not just going to give him away to, like, Belichick for a third or Howie Roseman or something because no one's going to be offering a first-round pick. So I'm just – unless he's a complete headache, which I'll give Jamal credit. He's, he's doing everything possible to, to kind of will his way out of there. But I, you just, you're not going to give him away. And that's – it's a tough spot. You know, welcome to the NFL, Joe Douglas, as your first GM, major problem. Like, is he going to show up? Like, is Jamal going to hold out? Because if he shows up to camp, he just lost a bunch of leverage right there. Uh, this is not the NBA where you Kyrie Irving goes, trade me to one of these three teams or Anthony Davis, you get traded to those teams. Like why, Joe Douglas doesn't care. So I, I think the situation is, is a little complicated on Jamal Adams' side. Now, I, I will give him his media strategist credit. If you do want to force a trade, just come out and blast the coach, even though he's already done it before, but like legit put it in print and you you got a chance to get traded. What do you what do? You do? Um... With the coach, if you're Joe Douglas? Well, I mean, I, I know they're friends, right? They had worked together in Chicago. I, I have friends in the league that worked with Adam Gase, and, and, you know, everyone will say he's a little weird, but I think most coaches are. kind of liked him. <clears throat> I think things have gotten a little weird in his career, whether it's the, the money, whether it's just not handling the power. I don't know. It's, it's not gone well 
you know, in uh, in New York. But they did go seven and nine last year with some disasters. What? Who's to say the division's much more wide open with Brady gone? Everyone's kind of anointing the Bills, and I think the Bills are going to be good. But what if what if he wins nine games? I mean, we'll see. I I, I wouldn't just Adam Gase was kind of like Kyle Shanahan and Sean McVay before those guys. Now his personality is completely different. And that's clearly kind of feels what's holding him back. Not like no one ever goes, you know what Adam Gase doesn't know? Offense. Like it feels like, you know, he understands scheme. It's just he can't get along. You know, he kind of feels like a lot of the Belichickian guys over the years. He just, he can't have a conversation as a human. And I, I would say in 2000, if it was 1997, I'd be like, well, if he can coach, who cares? In, in 2020, in the, times we live in it feels like it's a little harder to be like that it puts Donald in a really weird situation right because his whole thing is I'm going to be the one I'm going to ride Donald right like because because Manning is the guy who um what whether it's real or imagined like that's he loves that, him that yeah, yeah Gase uh if Manning loves Gase and if Manning loves you he squares by him then there you go um it it puts Donald in this uh in every an env- unenviable position like he didn't he didn't pick Gase he's his second coach I'm not sure he's an actual fit for that system anyway, but. But but if Sam's good for Adam and Adam makes him like, you know, a Pro Bowl level player, that's going to put a lot of money in Sam's pocket, make him a star in New York, and then he'll like him, right? It's, it's really that simple uh, unless their relationship is already kind of weird. Who, who knows? I mean, I'd say Adam Gase and just that whole Jets organization, what's going on with the owner? It's just, it's kind of in tatters right now. It's, it, it's, it's closer to the Washington football team than I think most people, uh, you know, when we just say names of teams, like they're a dumpster fire right now. And Sam's really the only thing that can save them. I feel like the Washington football team is the perfect example of how paralyzing so much of this stuff is right. That, that's, that's, I actually think it's perfect to not have a nickname because no matter what you do, somebody's going to be ticked. No matter what you do, somebody's going to be ticked. You just pick a random nickname. You're like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, you know, you're going to do away with anything Native American. Okay, if, if you want to say that Redskins was, uh, you know, was a slur, like I, I would argue with you that wasn't the intent and no one actually uses it as a slur. But, okay, if, if enough Native Americans think that, that's fine. I don't think anyone was offended by the actual uh, mascot logo, right? That was like a proud Native American warrior. But if you completely wipe clean any Native American, um, uh, you know, remembrance on it, now all of a sudden, like, well, that that's weird. Um, you know, there's the uh, the Ron Rivera wanted some sort of military thing to it. Okay, but if you, but do we love all aspects of the past military? Red tails maybe make sense. I don't know. Like, I almost feel like they're so paralyzed by uh, obviously the time period. You don't have enough time, but also the we don't want to offend everybody. But people are offended by everything and anything. I I, I think not having nicknames perfect. I don't know why I was shocked by the reaction, but when they announced that they were just going to go by the Washington Football Team this year, and everyone freaked. Like, did you just expect that people, and maybe they did, that they were going to have a new nickname before the season? This was an owner who was adamant he was never going to change. So when he was forced into it, it's not like – because my first reaction was, well, you know, you, you just got to take your time before, like, you would get married, right? But at least if you get married, you can always get a divorce if it doesn't go wrong. He could not pick a nickname and have it this year and then realize, well, we got to change next year. Whatever they pick as their next name has got to stick. And like you said, whatever – let's say hypothetically they would have 
called the Red Tails or the Red Hawks or what, half the people would not have liked it. And then, you know, it would have been like, oh, did we pick the right one? It would have been a disaster. I think it looks pretty solid. I would, if you look at like a lot of these soccer clubs in, in Europe, just call it the Washington Football Club. I mean, just call it something like that. It's fine. I think it looks solid. Washington's a solid name. The color's good. Who cares? Just, that's fine. Maybe maybe just go with a big W, you know, instead of uh, instead of the R, and just move on like that. I I think there's a chance they just keep it as is. Um, the the L.A. Rams, they're an interesting story, right? Two years ago, McVay was so hot that anybody had coffee with him had a chance to get a head coaching job. Yeah. Um, he he's made some changes, reworked the staff, got rid of Todd Gurley, and. Now they're, you know, and look, if the playoffs were expanded last year, he would have made it. What are your expectations for the Rams this year? Well, I think something no one's talking about, and uh, I don't know all the details of the Wade Phillips situation. I think sometimes Wade gets to a point where he wants to be paid like he's like Steph Curry or something. He he wants stupid money, and his ego's big, but he's good. And uh, they got rid of Wade Phillips, didn't renew his contract, however you want to quantify it or, you know, verbalize it. They went with a guy who's never been a coordinator, who's only been in the league like three years. So, to me, defensively, and you look at their roster, they lose Littleton, who was one of the better cover linebackers in the league. They got two sweet guys in Donald and Jalen Ramsey. The rest of the guys, like, are they that good? Uh, Their offense is going to be fine. You know, in that scheme, Sean McVay, the offense wasn't really the problem last year besides when they couldn't pass protect. But defensively, remember those first couple years, like they were really, really stout because they were so deep. And I, I just – I don't know. I, the, the division's really hard. Uh, it's not like Seattle or San Francisco are intimidated by them, even the, even the Cardinals. So I, I think it's going to be difficult. Now, I still think McVay's good. They have enough good players on offense. But if you tell me that, like, Ramsey or Aaron Donald were to have an injury, they would be in major trouble. Because I think the biggest question mark for any team that's like a legit, you know, playoff contender, and that the Rams, like you said, they would be in the – the playoffs if they had last year had the seven teams I don't know man I, I think the margin for error on a first-time defensive coordinator who doesn't just inherit some loaded defense is going to be is going to be a lot more difficult than I just think people assume what can we legitimately expect from the Buccaneers you know I, I think there are major question marks just with the the head coach and the quarterback I mean they philosophically have operated consistently very different over the last decade especially as Tom has gotten older he has done all his work in the short and intermediate game. And that's what they built the team around, throwing the running backs, throwing to Edelman, throwing to Gronk. Like the days of Randy Moss throwing bombs away just has not been happening. And when you close your eyes and you think of Bruce Arians, I think of Carson Palmer and now Jameis Winston throwing bombs. Because that's what Bruce likes to do. You go back to when he had Ben, ben Roethlisberger. Like he likes throwing the ball deep. And Tom can't move that offensive line. I know they drafted a guy early, but – that, that that's the type of thing that would an off season and a normal training camp would be beyond invaluable because you would work things out. And I think Bruce is an excellent coach. So most uh, any good coach can adapt, but it takes time to adapt because you you know things work and you go well. We got Mike Evans, we got Chris Godwin, like we're ready to roll now. And Tom's like, well, I love this play against this defense, and it's the wheel route to the running back. And Bruce is like, "Well, I like hitting Mike Evans on that skinny post." You know, just that's what they're. It just and they're two high level guys, and I think they would come to an agreement. How do they have time? Like, I understand. I'm sure they've been texting Colin, probably even spent some time together when they shouldn't have. That that's different than having the whole unit out there at practice, 
OTAs are stupid for the most part unless you have a brand-new quarterback and you're implementing a new offense or melding an offense together. And I, I think definitely early on in the season, Tom has run the Tom Brady offense for the last decade, right? It, it wasn't Josh's. It wasn't Belichick. It became Tom's offense, and Josh melded it to his own. But I, Bruce Arians has not run the Tom Brady offense. Now, Tom Brady's an all-time great, the greatest player ever, one of the greatest athletes of all time. You'd say he should be able to adapt. He's 43. You know, it's not like you're getting him at 34 where he's going to be open. Like, Tom does what Tom does because he has physical, he can't move anymore. He never could, but he really can't now. And there's some pressure. It's like, well, okay, you're away from Bill. Let's see it. And, and I, Tom knows that. So I, I, it's going to be challenging. I, I think it's going to be a lot harder than despite the roster on paper, especially the skill guys, look sweet. It's just we've seen it before in football. Unlike baseball, it's not like a plug-and-play league. Yeah. Uh, last thing, playing golf this weekend? Uh, no, probably just hanging out. Just enjoy some uh, enjoy some baseball, drink some beers. Not I, a, actually, I might I might get out and get nine in tomorrow. Not, maybe I'm playing at uh, Tuston Ranch, where I I have that uh, in Tuston, where I went to high school. I grew up in Orange. I've I've actually never played the course. Playing here this afternoon, but I I was nearly arrested in high school. We that was a spot we go to one of the greens and and uh, have some old English. Uh, I, had a, I had a couple of those spots with some Mad Dog Twenty Twenty. Mad Dog you know, Twenty Twenty. Every, everyone in high school has a good spot to drink on a golf course with some alcohol that I you couldn't pay me to drink now. Yes, that's that's actually <laughs> very very accurate. All right, uh, OE on tap for the weekend. Have a good one. Thanks so much, John. <laughs> see, you, see you, buddy. All Bye. right, that's uh, John Middlecoff. Three and out is the podcast and the herd. Podcast Network. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast 
on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.